And I've titled this message, The Call to Action. And since it's Family Sunday, I reached out to a, well, a modern day Bible scholar, if you will. And I asked him if he had any room in his very busy schedule to come and share with us from John chapter 5. And I, he's not that tall. Uh, so I need, to, I need to set up a little something for him. But uh, I asked him to come and, sh- and share with us. Um, but I, I need you to help me out because he might be a little nervous. But I want to welcome my friend A.J. Harris up here. Come on, A.J. Come on. Come on. Right up here. Now, I want to tell you a couple things about A.J. First of all, he enjoys... Oh, it's going to be like that. All right. He enjoys reading about sharks. And he likes to go fishing. And he even said as early as this morning that he's going to be a scientist and he's going to work with sharks. He's going to do something amazing with sharks. Um, but AJ is also an amazing prayer warrior. All right. I want you to know that. Um, are you nervous? Or you have to speak. You can't shake your head. I'm not. You're not. Okay. All right. He's not nervous. Are you ready to share with them from John chapter five about our friend Jesus? Yeah. All right. You're going to look right here. Go. Tell them what happens. One day, Jesus and his disciples were walking to um, um, Jerusalem, and Jesus said to a man um, that um, he saw a man that was there for 38 years, and he couldn't walk, and Jesus said to the man, do you want to be well? And the man asked, "Um, no one will help me. Um, When I'm going to the pool... Um, someone else runs in front of me while the water is stirred. And Jesus asked, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man picked up his mat and walked. And, uh, and then um, the man, and, and some Jewish leaders um, said to the man, you cannot pick up your mat and walk. You cannot pick up your mat. But the man has healed him that said, Pick up your mat and walk. And um, um, he, he, um, um, he had no, um, and the Jews there said, who is this man that said to pick it up and walk? And Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd that was there. And the man had no idea who it was. And then um, Jesus found the man at the temple, and Jesus said to the man, You are well again. Stop sitting, or something worse will happen to you. Is that it? And then he told the um, Jewish leaders that it was Jesus. Yeah. Well done. Hey, hold on, hold on. Will you pray before you go sit down? Will you pray? Thank you, God, for this wonderful day today. And please can nurse our bodies and help us to make good choices. And please can you help us to hunger and first righteousness. And can you help us to all hunger and first righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well done. All right, so at this time, we're just going to go right into response time. I'm going to need the praise team to come back up. And, uh, man, that's, yeah, follow that. Next time, next time we'll, uh, we'll do that last. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so that's why I love Family Sunday. Uh, the crazy thing is, I'm going to brag about AJ real quick. Uh, I called his mom and dad like two days ago. I said, hey, I got this crazy idea. And Joe is about almost as crazy as me. And he said, I think it just might work. <laughs> and then I called Angie later that day and she said, this is the first I've heard about it. When, <laughs> when did you boys talk this over? I said, last Sunday. She said, he is in so much trouble. <laughs> and I said, no, really, it was just this morning. And she said, okay, I'll cut him some slack. But so... If you're in a CPR group, right there is storying at its finest. And we're going we're gonna to follow that up with, with actually reading the scripture. So, so if you'll read this with me, well, not out loud, but I'll do most of the reading. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been there, excuse me, who had been an invalid for 38, that's right, 38 years. (laughs) When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. There should be some dramatic music right there, like dun-dun-dun. So the Jews said to the man, just like AJ said, they said to the man who'd been healed, it is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But the man, he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? And now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. He he had slipped away as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling his own Father, calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Now, Here's this man, and he's at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years, he's, he's lived there or he's been brought there every day by someone. And he suffered because he wasn't able to get into the pool in time when the angel stirred the water. And oh, then comes Jesus. And he asks him this great question. He asks him the question that everybody wants to be asked when they don't feel well. It's a question that needs to be asked. It's a question that needs a response to it too. And Jesus asked the man, do you wish to get well? Have you ever not felt good, anyone? Have you ever had like that, that bad flu or, or maybe something even worse? And the doctor comes in and says, are you enjoying this? Would, would you like to be well? Well, yeah, that's why I'm here, doctor. And Jesus asked him, he says, hey, would you like to get well? Now, let me translate this for you in everyday language in case you didn't understand it in the ESV as we just read it. Jesus is saying to him, how bad do you want it? 
How bad do you want to get well? Do you really want to be changed? Think about that question. This man is here 38 years of his life and Jesus is saying, hey, do you want to be healed? How bad do you want to be healed? Do you want to change from this situation? Listen, I think that in our culture today, we get used to things and we just accept them. My grandfather for most of the time that I knew him, had a bad back. And he would wake up every morning. Oh, my back, my back. You all right? Yeah, I just got a little, little something in my back. You go see a doctor about it? No, nah, it'll be okay. See, we get, we get used to our pain. We, we get used to the comfort that we find in our pain. We get used to the comfort that we find in our sin. That's why we keep doing it. See, we, we get used to that. Maybe we just get used to our discouragement. It's as good as I'm going to be. We get so used to our defeat that we just give up. We let it consume us. Not only do we just give up on ourselves, but we even give up on God. Are you there? Have you been there? This man for 38 years is brought to this pool. And Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He'd given up. I can't get there. What's the use? I'm just here hoping somebody will give me lunch. Have you been there? Have you been at the end of your rope? Maybe where you think God doesn't care about you? Let me ask you this question. Do you really want a difference in your life? Or are you comfortable in your misery? Are you comfortable in your sin? So comfortable with it that you refuse to respond. See, Jesus said to the man, if you're willing to be well, take up your bed and walk. Respond to my word. What did the man do? He didn't, he didn't say, let me think about it. He didn't, he didn't say, well, it's kind of a nice mat that I get to lay on and some people are generous as they walk by from time to time. Now this man, he starts rolling up his bed. He takes up his bed and now he can walk. 38 years of physical misery. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't know a lot. I'm not a doctor. Believe it or not. I went to school for seven years. I could have been a doctor, but I stayed with ministry. But if you lay down for 38 years and do nothing, even if you were not an invalid, if you lay down for 38 years, your muscles stop working. All right? And, and so we, we talk about this like it's not a big deal. And we talk about like this guy was just getting up from a nap and, and had twisted his ankle. It, muscles do weird things when you don't use them. They, they start to curl up. They start to act. And Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. 38 years of physical misery changed in a moment by the word of Christ. But he had to do his part. He had to respond. He had to act in faith. Take up your bed and walk. This man wasn't just saying he believed Jesus. He acted on that belief. And by the way, he didn't even know who Jesus was until later. Think about that for a minute. It's, it's not like the guy who, when Jesus was speaking in a home, his friends brought him there. And, and it was so many people that they couldn't get in. So they, they cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down. It wasn't like that guy. He knew who Jesus was. 
He heard about the things that Jesus was doing. He knew Jesus was speaking and sharing, and his friends cared about him so much, they took him and they lowered him down in front of Jesus. And Jesus messed with him too because he said, hey, your sins are forgiven. And he's laying there going, wait a minute, that's not why I came here. <laughs> and then he was questioned about forgiving the man's sins, and he said, what's, what's easier to do? Say your sins are forgiven or to say... Get up and walk. And that man also got up and walked. But that man knew who he was coming to. This guy is laying there, minding his own business. And for all intent and purpose, this stranger comes up. He acted on Jesus' words. He proved that his belief wasn't just informational. It wasn't just intellectual. It was practical. And when he acted on it, it was life-changing. And then later, Jesus sees the man in the temple And he says, look, you are healed. Do not go and sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Now, I think we've all experienced this at a different level uh, where sin has messed up our lives and Jesus comes in and he delivers us and he forgives us. And then we turn right back around and go back to that same sin that messed us up in the first place. We get caught up in it again. You see, some people believe that because of the statement Jesus makes, the man was an invalid because of sin in his life. But I believe that Jesus is saying to this man, hey, if you thought laying here for 38 years was rough, you get caught up in sin again and see what eternity is like. You see, Jesus is letting him know, stay away from sin. I got to tell you this, when Jesus delivers us from sin, when he delivers you from something, you need to get away from it. Whatever it was that he delivered you from, don't go back and dance around it and see how close you can get to the edge of it without getting any of it on you. It's what we do. And then we get caught up and we're like, oh, help me. And then we we seek forgiveness. But it seems like we do it all over again. Listen, Jesus is telling this man, Sin is debilitating. It's crippling. And I'm here to save you from it. <laughs> I wrote a note to myself that I forgot to take out of my message. I just <laughs> it says, remember this, Fat Rock. It's not so much a physical action. It's a belief and knowing who you are believing in. And that's Jesus. And the thing is, John's telling us that we need to know who we are and who we're believing in. All right, this is not a, um, it's not a works thing. This is not, oh, I have to do this and God's going to love me. It's, it's a belief thing. That's why it's important. Who are you believing in? Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in the world or are you trusting in the Lord? And John's saying we need to know who we are and we need to know who we're believing in. It's important because Satan wants us to believe him also. Satan's the father of lies. The Bible says he walks around like a roaring lion seeking to destroy us, whispering to us that we aren't good enough. Just keep laying there. You're never going to make it to the water. Stay there. You already messed up in your sin and your shame. You might as well just stay there and, and just be, be sad for yourself. And we listen to him. And sometimes we can't get out. And Jesus says, hey, if you want to be healed, put that down. Pick up your mat and walk. Get your stuff and relocate yourself. Maybe it's time for you to find new friends. I don't know where you have to go to. I don't know what you need to do. Maybe it's time for you to find new games to play on the internet. Maybe it's time for you to drink from a brand new well. 
Maybe it's time to switch to new channels on TV. Pick up your mat and move away from gossip and negativity and things that are happening in your office or in your life. Pick up your mat and walk away from your sins so you can walk alongside of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to really walk alongside Christ? Are you ready? Jesus said to the fishermen in Matthew 4.19, it was very simple. It's one of my favorite verses. He sees them and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now in their case, they put their nets down and walked away. But they still followed. He told them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He told the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, pick up your mat and walk. He told some of the first disciples, throw down your nets and follow me. Either way, if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to realize this is a call to action and we may have to leave some things behind. Follow me, he says. That means we go where he leads us. We go where he desires for us to go. We should not drag Jesus into some of the places that we have taken him. Some of the situations that we've gotten ourselves into, we should not have taken Jesus there. That's why he says, follow me. And if we follow him, our desires to go to those places should change. As we follow him, our desires to gossip, to be ugly about others will change. You know why? Because of the second part of that verse. Put that back up if you would, please, Miss Tammy. Second part of the verse, he says, follow me and I will make you. See, we need to follow Jesus. We need to allow him to change our hearts, to change our minds and change the way we feel about ourselves and about our fellow man. We need to follow Jesus. We need to be changed by Jesus. We need to be on mission with Jesus. What's Jesus's mission, you might ask? It's the last part of the verse. I will make you fishers of men. The mission of Jesus is that we introduce him to the world When we say go to win here at Huntsville Christian Church, that's what we're talking about. Go and introduce someone to Jesus this week. Go to win and commit to grow. That means you're spending time in the truth of God's word so that you will continually be changed by Jesus so that you could be fishing for men. You see it? That's what we need to do. But here's the problem. We can't fish for men if we're busy feeling sorry for our crippled self. We can't do that if we're acting like this invalid. Oh, nobody will come and help me. Get up, take your mat, and go. You think, I'm not old enough. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. Those are the the answers that people have given me when I say, who are you going to tell somebody about Jesus this week? Well, I I didn't go to Bible college. How am I supposed to go do that? That's your job. You're the preacher. Hey, in case you missed it, In case you missed it, we had a five-year-old up here just a few minutes ago, and he preached the Word of God to you. In case you're wondering, he hasn't been to Bible college. He doesn't have a degree. He can't read yet. But he can hear really well. Hey, your mama said that first, not me. I was just going on what she said. Hey, no. And he's only this tall, for crying out loud. And he stood up here, and he preached the Word of God to you. So don't tell me that you don't know enough to introduce Jesus to someone this week. It's time to get up. It's time to take up your Bible and go to win and commit to grow. 
You remember the woman at the well a few weeks ago? The official who went to Jesus to heal his son, and now this man who was an invalid for 38 years. In all three of these situations, it was his word. It was the truth of Jesus' word that brought change, that made a difference. The woman got saved because of his word. There was even racial unity between the disciples and the Samaritans because of his word. You want to see our nation be healed? It happens because of his word. But we can't be changing his word. We have to be sharing his word. The official's son was healed by Jesus' word. And the the Bible says the official and his whole family believed. This man at the pool of Bethesda was healed by his word. That should tell all of us, hold on tight to his word. Because when it is let loose, it is life transforming. And when we commit ourselves to growing God's word, you become a different person. Your worldview will change. Your countenance will change. The way you look at other people will change. Your desire to be a part of Jesus' team that goes out to seek and save the lost will change. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and save the lost. He said so in John chapter 3, verse 17. He was talking to Nicodemus. He said, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus is at Zacchaeus' house. And they're talking about how he's eating with sinners. And Jesus says, for the Son of Man came, say this with me, to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. If we are following Jesus, if we're being changed by Jesus, in order to be on mission with Jesus, we need to seek the lost I got to tell you this, Christians, we are the worst at hide and seek. We are. We're welcoming when people come in, but we don't go seek the lost. And I got to tell you, I promise you, you don't have to go far to find someone who needs Jesus in their life. You just have to be willing to seek them out and to share him with them. The woman at the well, she left and she went back into town and she said, hey, Come see a man. Come meet a man who knows everything about me. Come meet him. The official went home to his family, his servants. Everybody knew what happened. Everybody knew that he went to Jesus. And he went home to his family and said, hey, we believe. The lame man went and shared. He shared to the Pharisees even. You can't tell me not to pick up my mat and walk. The man who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who was the man that healed you? I don't know. He left. But it wasn't you. I know that. They went. They shared what Jesus had done for them in their lives. They took him at his word. They took him at his truth and they allowed it to change their lives. How about you? What would your week look like coming up? What would this next week look like if you took Jesus at his word and for one week completely submitted to his authority? If you're hearing this message today, Jesus is telling you, pick up your mat and walk. It's time to respond to this call to action. As we come to our response time this morning, the question I have for you is a simple one. Are you willing to take Jesus at his word? 
Are you willing to apply Jesus' word to your life? Are you willing to move beyond the comfort of your sin in order to live a new life in him? And if you are, what does that look like for you? Maybe for you to take up your mat and walk means that you need to surrender to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you just need a jump start and you've just been struggling with something and you've been, you've been dragging something around and, and you just need a jump start that includes prayer and accountability. The elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. But whatever your response is, would you stand and sing our response song with us and consider these things and consider how you'll respond to God's word.